come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Welcome inside the caravan, the library of lore. Of course, tonight we're not going to be pulling a book off the shelf only because Jennifer is picking coffee beans and throwing them in the roaster as we do this show. So what we're going to do in lieu of pulling a book off the shelf, we figured we would actually rub the crystal ball and speak to somebody about some personal experiences in the paranormal. And tonight we are joined by Eric, who's coming to the caravan. Hey, Eric, how are you? What's going on, man? I'm doing well. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, too. Thank you. You did contact me some time ago, and you shared some personal kind of strange events that have been taking place at your place of employment. And I was rather intrigued with that, and that's kind of why I invited you to come over to the caravan, and maybe you'd like to share at least a couple of stories and what was your first experience there and have there been other people that have had experiences there? Well, man, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, actually the uh, first experience that I had at my company, I was sitting there and usually around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night is when a lot of the activity starts going on there. And a few of the coworkers that I work with that night, especially some of the drivers who are there late with me say the same thing. That's usually when the witching hour happens. And the first occurrence that I had was about four or five months ago, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock came around and I'm sitting there typing on my computer and jamming out to some tunes. Well, I started hearing tapping on the wall behind me and I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, you know, probably something going on outside, you know, well, <clears throat> next thing you know, a few minutes later, heard it again, but it was closer on the wall. So finally I got up and decided to go check it out and see what was over there and nothing was there. So I'm like, I'm standing there scratching my head, you know, I'm like, all right. But I go back, sit down, then, you know, the filing cabinets that they have outside of the doors, those plastic ones where you put the mail in and everything for oh, like, right, right, right. your coworker right. the next day. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I heard tapping on that, and I turned and looked around, and no one was there. So that that was the first experience. But as time started going Mind on, you know, around. It could have been something mundane like a, a critter or something running around in there that might have tapped on it, or did you have any thought, or did you just blow it off altogether? I, I just blew it off altogether. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. one of those of, well, we'll see if that happens again. No, That's understandable. crazy. As time went on, you know, the bathroom doors were opening and closing. Talk about freaking out there. That that scared me a little bit. I and would imagine. Well, it was mm-hmm. like the same exact thing around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know. I'm sitting there typing on the computer, and I had heard the bathroom door open. And it actually happened again as of recent. I want to say it was two nights ago it happened. And one of my coworkers who was sitting inside the office heard the bathroom door open. And no one else but him and I were in that in that room. And that that freaked the both of us out. He's like, What what the hell is that? Right. Let me ask you a question. What kind of bathroom doors are there? Are they the kind that you just push open or do they have a handle yeah. on them that you have to turn the handle and open it? They're they're the kind that you push on. And over in mm-hmm. that area though, like, there is no wind space or, like, wind tunnel for those doors to just randomly push on their own. They're they're kind of, mm-hmm. they're a little heavy. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're probably wooden doors then. Yes. Right. The heavy wooden okay. doors that swing open. Mm-hmm. As some of the random experiences have gone on, you know, I've talked to other coworkers. One of the coworkers that work upstairs, 
was telling me that uh, she had had her hair pulled while no wow. one else was there. And wow. it freaked her out. And she's like, all right, I'm going home. The driver that I work with that night as well was telling me, too, that the old cleaning lady that we had there was upstairs cleaning and had her hair pulled. That's why she started bringing her husband to work with her at night as well, because you have that happen. Well, clearly, yeah, clearly that seems like an event that would be obviously life-changing to that point if you're asking to have somebody escort you to your place of employment. It had to have been a pretty substantial event if you're having your Mm -hmm. hair pulled. Let me ask a question. Um, what city or location is this place located? And do you know any of the history of the building? Is it old? Is it new? What's behind the structure itself? Do you have any idea? Well, it's in the O'Hare proper area. And for those of you who don't know, O'Hare is the international airport. So we're not too far from that. But, um, apparently the city of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And apparently, rumor has it that someone passed away. I don't know exactly where the person passed away. I was told, I've heard from people that he passed away upstairs, and then I've heard that from other people that he passed away on the dock area. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that is through the grapevine, you know, different stories. But like I said, it's... What were you but, say? but we're kind of talking about a male figure then, not female. Yes, correct. Okay. Interesting to tie into a correlation of women having their hair pulled if it was a yes, male. Yes. And I'm not drawing any conclusions that that is why that happened, but I find that interesting that being a male that possibly did pass away there, there's probably no substantial evidence that this actually happened. This is just something that you heard. Is the building old? Mm, no. I want to say it's as recent as 30 years, mm, you know, since okay. the 80s. Mm-hmm, okay. I only ask that because it seems like the older a structure may be, the more haunts that it gets over the years. Yeah. Over a period of time, you have so many different events where people might pass away inside that building. So if it it's one entity in 30 years, it's attached to that building somehow. I, I find that rather interesting at the fact that, uh, you know, these things are going on with the bathroom doors and mm-hmm. people actually having a physical contact. Well, and also there's too, a lot of conspiracy. Yeah, go ahead. Our overnight uh, maintenance guy would be out on the dock and he said that a few times, he, you know, the motion sensor lights, they would pop on right. the morning with no one being there, and you'd be on the all, all the way on the other side of the dock, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, got the motion sensor lights going off. He goes over there and checks. No one's there. Opens up the door outside, which, you know, you can't get in without a card, you know. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it, he checks there. No, no one's around. A few mm-hmm. of the dock guys have even said, too, that they've heard things in there at night. They would hear random things being knocked over. No one's there. Like I said, feels like someone's watching you from certain areas of the dock, especially inside the office. You get that too. Like you're being watched, or someone's near you, and you get the chills up your spine. So that they have also... you had that experience yourself? Have you ever experienced that feeling of being watched? Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. Hmm. Especially when I'm working in the office. Like I said, it's always around ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night is when I start to get that eerie vibe, like I'm being watched and the chills running on my spine. I find that interesting that you said the chills running up your spine. You know, I hear a lot of testimonials, um, audio testimonials from people that say that they've had a cryptid encounter and that they felt like they were being watched. But there's really not a whole lot of detail to the explanation of the sensations that you go through when you feel like you're being watched. And it's funny because sometimes I will play that experiment myself and I will sit unbeknownst to another person and stare at them without them knowing. And I want to see is just a social experiment to see if they pick up on any vibes or any chills that they're being watched and maybe look around. And for the few times that I've actually 
been in the situation to do that experiment myself, three of those times, the person kind of stopped and started looking around. And I thought because mm-hmm. I was focused on the person's backside because their back was to me and it okay, so maybe there is something behind the whole sensation of feeling like you're being watched with a chill running up your spine. I find that pretty interesting because I felt that myself. And it's like you almost get this, a a quick shake through your body where it's like, what am I feeling right now? And you're looking around going, is there somebody standing behind me? Or it's, it's a strange sensation. So if nobody's experienced it yet and you do, it's strange. Yeah, go ahead. You know, with, just the eerie feeling of getting the chills down your spine, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. being in those situations, it's just, oh, it makes my stomach feel uneasy because, like, even when I was when I was younger, especially at my parents, you know, get an uneasy vibe in the basement down there. It's like you feel like you're being watched from certain areas, but it's just, mm-hmm. oh, I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. And no, it is very it's unsettling. It's like, just nasty. I'm not a fan of it. I don't think <laughs> anybody's worst, a fan the, of it. The worst, though, I will say, is when you're driving home and after you had, like, you've been watching, like, scary movies or something, you're sitting there driving home and you look in your rearview mirror and you're like, yes, no! <laughs> Start to get that weird, uneasy feeling, like, is there something in my back seat? Am I thinking too right. much about this? What is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And of course, there's always a prankster out there that will, you know, lay down in the backseat of your car on your way home and then sit up on you. And, uh, yeah. That'll ruin your the rest of your life. But <laughs> so going back to this whole situation of you at work with that sensation of being watched, um, did anything mm-hmm. transpire after that sensation came about? Last week, I was uh, I was sitting there doing some work. And it it was weird because I had heard after hearing like the tapping noises and whatnot again, I had uh, I had done some more. I was doing some more work, and next thing you know, I heard the the chair right next to me start to roll on the rolling mat, and I saw it turning a little bit. And right then and there, as soon as that happened, I got up and took off. I'm like, nope, nope, not staying around for this. I'm getting out of there. So I so it was a, got everything down. It was one of those uh, typical office chairs that rotate and has wheels on it, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that that was scary. I mean... And it just moved up that, all, all on its own. Well, not that it moved up on its own because a chair is an inanimate object, but some sort of force mm-hmm. or energy caused the thing to turn and start to roll a little bit. Is that what happened? Yeah. Like I, like I was saying, I was sitting there typing away, getting all my paperwork in order, and mm-hmm. I started hearing the tapping on the wall again. And within a few minutes of that happening, I heard, like I said, I heard the chairs start to roll, and I turned and looked, and I saw it move and turning just a tad bit. And after that, like I said, as soon as that happened, I turned everything off, and I just I took off. I wasn't waiting around to find anything else out. Well, I can't say I blame you. I, I've got so many questions that go through my head of what type of whatever it is. And I'm not saying it's a ghost, but that's why we do this show, because our show is based on what if. So mm-hmm. if it was a ghost and it has the ability to move physical objects, now there's a lot of um, research that consider any type of entity that has the ability to move an object is referred to as a jinn. Now, mm-hmm. a jinn is a little bit more of a darker entity from my research and understanding. But if other entities do have the ability to move an object, I find it really interesting that it would have chosen a chair because it caught your attention enough to make you say, that's it, I'm done, and I'm leaving. And maybe that's what its intent was, was to get you to leave. Maybe it doesn't like the presence of people in the building where it can't move about freely without people making note of it. I don't know. This is all what if and, you know, Mm -hmm. just really fascinating. Well, that's kind of what my point is, you know, because... If I saw a chair move by itself, and look, it's been used in horror movies where the rocking chair in the corner of the room starts rocking by itself. 
It's an inanimate object that has the ability to move. And if it does start moving without a physical presence visible, that is enough to send anybody to go, I'm out. I'm leaving. I don't want to be in the room with whatever is causing this to have happen, whether it's a scientific Mm. explanation or not. But... I, too, live in the Chicago area, and we don't have seismic activity enough here that causes, you know, inanimate objects to just start moving on their own. We're very, <laughs> we don't live on a fault line or anything. like. I mean, there is fault lines yeah. here, and we do have minor quakes. Look, I would have attributed it to an earthquake immediately, but with all the activity over the periods of time that you're having in this building, there has to be something else that's going on there in order to create a chair to move and for doors to open and for hair to be being pulled. Mm-hmm. Well, also and the too, lights, like, you know, the motion lights. Well, Go one ahead. Of my, uh, one of my drivers about two months back was telling me that he was sitting there and he's filling out his paperwork, you know, getting everything taken care of for the night. And next thing you know, from the kitchen, he started hearing noises coming from the kitchen. Like he didn't really describe what the noise was, but he was hearing Mm -hmm. the noises and he's like, all right, probably the sink or the refrigerator doing something. Well, he heard the noise again a few seconds later and then he got up and he went and checked in the kitchen. He's like, hello? Nothing. He's like, hmm. all right, I'm going to go sit back down. Well, he's over there mm-hmm. filling out his paperwork again. Hears same exact noise. And then he started hearing like a um, throat clearing noise. And oh, really? he got up and yeah. And he got up and he looked in there again. And he's like, hello? Anyone there? And of course, no one's there. <laughs> so after that, you know, he heard the random noise again, and then it was completely done. Like, him and hmm. I are pretty convinced the witching hour is definitely around 11, because that's, so, that's when everything started going down again. Okay, so then I can take from that that you say the witching hour is around 11 p.m. So, mm-hmm. is that, like, considered a second shift? Um, you know, in, in all honesty, everything closes at 10 o'clock. That's when everyone, you know, I, I'm i about finished with everything. Of course, I might have to stay later due to taking care of some OT stuff. But, I mean, uh-huh. with the drivers, you know, they get back around 10, 1030. And then sometimes if something goes on, then we got to go drop more freight. And they're not back till 1030, 11. Right. You know? okay. But, I mean, he, like I said, usually around 11 o'clock is when everything starts happening. Okay. I guess the only reason why I brought up the second shift thing was if there's people that are working during daylight hours or in the morning, have you heard anything from that group of people to say, wow, something really strange happened, whatever it might be? Um, in all honesty, no, I haven't really heard Mm -hmm. anything about the morning wise, but I know like I've had some of the coworkers working there on weekends, like around 11 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, someone had said that uh, they'd seen some freaky stuff there, but they didn't get too in-depth on it. They're just like, yeah, heard some freaky things going on and yeah, took Mm -hmm. off. (laughs) Well, no, again, the reason why I ask is because I've, what propels this is more of a fascinating subject for me is that there's more than one person having an experience there. Mm-hmm. In exactly. other testimonials, it's usually one or two people will have an experience either with a haunting or a ghost or a cryptid or whatever it may be. It's usually a solo, maybe two people at times. But when you have a series of people that are expressing yeah. that something strange is going on here, that's where the fascination comes in for me that there's clearly something going on there. Just what is it that you can put your finger on? And you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It might be a neat place to set up a an EVP and see if you know anything ever gets recorded. Are there any kind of uh, uh, security cameras there that run twenty four seven or anything that might pick up any activity there while nobody is there? Um, to my knowledge, I'm not aware. I I okay. really don't know. So okay. Um. If they do, they're pretty well hidden. So, but yeah, I'm right. Not sure. Well, no, I ask, you know, for accessibility, you know, even 
if uh, an independent researcher were to contact me and I were to go there and set a camera up just to let it run, you know, a 24 hour cycle just to see if anything gets picked up on it. It's clearly it's a it's an area that has activity going on there. And Mm -hmm. look, the two things that stand out to me the most out of all of this is two females having their hair pulled. And one of them refuses to go there by herself now because of it. That's that very, very intense activity. Just that in itself. Not that any physical harm came other than that. But that's that's enough to be pretty convincing that, again, there is activity there. And I wonder... You know, somebody would be interested and they can contact me and maybe I can Mm -hmm. go ahead and set something up there, whether it be through an EVP recording for the night and listen to it or actually just set up a video and see if there is anything that crosses the path of a video at night. I I don't know. There's a lot of questions that are just so unanswered. There's definitely a lot of questions unanswered there. Like I said, it's, it's cool because it's like, it does happen enough, and it is very random at times, though, too. So, mm-hmm. and it's it is fascinating, yet scary. <laughs> right. Well, that that actually kind of deleted what my next question was: is if there's any kind of repetitive pattern that you've noticed, but it seems it, to happen at random times unexpectedly, which actually is probably the Worst kind of haunting because you can't pinpoint when an activity might actually take place when it happens randomly. Well, Hmm. yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, when it does happen, though, it's between 1030 and 11. Right. Do you feel any activity? Right. Do you feel any activity outside of the facility, like in the parking lot or anywhere outside in the perimeter? It's only within the confines, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, maybe it's barriered between the walls there. Or has an association there, and it just doesn't leave that barrier. See, I find yeah, that I don't know. I find that kind of compelling I, too. That uh, you know, a lot of places, yeah. Once you exit, the feeling kind of dissipates, and it doesn't seem to exist outside the building. It's not like it's attaching itself to you, and you feel it when you leave. So that's well, that's pretty too. interesting. Another creepy mm. thing is, is like sometimes throughout the night, like I said, be typing on my stuff and working, it'll sound like a vacuum and it's going off upstairs. Like someone's using the vacuum, but I'm the only one in the building. You know, Uh and I've actually had some people say that they've heard a vacuum. And then you remember that huge snowstorm that we got back in 2011, Uh where we got the two feet of snow? Well, prior to me working at this company, uh, one of the dispatchers got caught there overnight in that storm. And he was like, he refuses to talk about anything of that, but he said that, Upstairs is pretty freaky, and you hear a lot of scary things up there, he said. And, really? like, I've asked him, I'm like, well, what'd you hear? He's like, dude, I ain't getting into it. He's like, you just need to know it's freaky. Really? Wow. Yeah. I wish he would get into it. Yeah. Because immediately my mind goes to, what, children screaming or what? <laughs> what exactly are you hearing that's really freaky? But the vacuum cleaner thing, I find that mm-hmm interesting i don't want to keep using the same word over and over again with it being interesting but if you're hearing what sounds like a vacuum cleaner going on upstairs above you and you're the only one there and there's no cleaning crew what's causing that noise i'm sure you're familiar with you know what the uh, the furnace system or boiler system and the air conditioning system must sound like so if it's an odd sound that sounds like a vacuum cleaner it's kind of taking it out of context from being a standard type of noise such as HVAC or some electronic yeah. device that kicks on. Hmm. It, that that could very well be. But, I mean, like I said, there is certain times where it does sound like a vacuum is being ran upstairs. Right. And, like, and it's, I do get a creepy vibe from the upstairs area, especially, you know, when the lights are off and everything and, only the lights in your section is on. You, you just get freaky vibes in general from that. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, what kind of horror story we got going on here tonight? You know. <laughs> 
But so I mean, what is up on the upstairs there? Are they offices or is it a storage area or, or what's the purpose offices. of the upstairs? It it's is all, offices. It's all offices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hmm. it's, it's freaky up there. Not going to lie. There's been times where I've walked up there and it's just, oof, you get the chills when it's, when everything's turn turned leave. off. Yeah. Right. Well, like I said, it's, it's one of those when everything's off, you know, you're just, standing there and you're like all right everything's good and taken care of up here i'm going back downstairs right yeah no i want all of our listeners to understand one thing right now eric has really been pushing my buttons last year to spend the night at bachelor's grove cemetery (laughs) and now all of a sudden he really doesn't want to be standing in this hallway with a possible entity there. So, wow, sounds like a change of heart, Eric. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm still just teasing down for you the Bachelor's Grove. No, I'm, I'm just bachelor's teasing you with that. very beautiful. It actually Which, was. It, it was. That, mm-hmm. that is a must-go-to this year. Oh, I'm sure we'll do a revisit again of uh, Bachelor's Grove. And uh, since the Caravan of Lore has not uh, done an episode of Bachelor's Grove, we did that for the Acrylic Ranch. Um, we will go back there and we'll do a little bit more intuitive research there. Maybe the weather will be slightly different. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when we went there, it was a very serene and peaceful day. And of course, that gentleman was there and gave us so much information about all the activity that did take place at the cemetery there. And you were extremely knowledge of the history that happened there. I learned more from you than I did from reading or watching any videos on Bachelor's Grove. And of course, well, the gentleman like, that was there gave a lot of information too that correlated with what you were telling me. So it was really kind of interesting, but it was a very peaceful, serene day. And I really didn't have any dark feeling whatsoever until I got home and started going through the photographs and sharing the photographs with Jennifer. And we saw mm-hmm. a couple of things, and I shared the photographs with uh, Shannon Legro at Into the Fray Radio and Kathy Stewart. And we all got the same kind of creepiness from a couple of the photographs that I had taken there of a face that was peeking around behind the, the headstone where the baby is buried. Mm-hmm. That creeped yep. me out. Looking at that face, and Jennifer did not want to even go back and look at that picture anymore. She was done. She was <laughs> like, that's it, put it away. Because there was something really sinister peeking around the corner of a headstone. And here, I'm the one that took the picture. So, yeah, we will definitely go well, back there, you and myself, and we'll do a little bit more investigating there. See, that's, that's the thing that I love about Chicago in itself. There's a lot of rich history when it comes to apparitions and ghosts and all that other fun oh, jazz, especially on the sure. yes especially on the south side of chicago and i'm not talking south side south sides where everyone gets confused on that i'm talking mm-hmm. you know archer avenue and 83rd type area which is lamont you know they have mm-hmm. they archer avenue down there is an old indian trail and that area is haunted over there even mm-hmm. they have monk's castle which is right through there which is very beautiful and i would like to take you there eventually and mm-hmm. of course you have bachelor's grove which is off of the uh midlothian turnpike and so on and so forth which that's a very wooded area and it's it's a very cool area and if you're ever out in chicago i recommend checking that place out just don't go out there mm-hmm. after night without a permit because you will get charged with the felony for trespassing. <laughs> right. But I mean right. but I mean fact of the matter is is Chicago has got a lot, a lot of history. And up in like the northwest suburbs in Buffalo Grove and the Palatine area, they have mm-hmm. haunted cemeteries up there. You have um you have Munger Road. Um, you right. got Shoe Factory Road, which I'm not sure if that the uh, farm area is still up over there, but you got Shoe Factory Road out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it, we we have a lot of good stuff out here. <laughs> oh, sure we do. No, I did um, I did the Acrylic Ranch and went up to Cuba Road, which um, I was going up to Cuba Road back in high school, which was a long time ago. And uh, the the cemetery there has very similar lore as to what Bachelor's Grove has, 
where the orbs have been seen there, where a ghost car has been seen there several times where a car has mm-hmm. passed and, you know, you turn around and look and there is no vehicle that just passed you, even though you just saw it coming at you. And so I did go up to the Cuba Road area there. And again, it, it was during the daytime. It was very peaceful when I was there. It's a very tiny cemetery. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. very small. It's, you know, no bigger than some people's backyards. But it's still, you know, it carries that lore with it. And clearly something was going on there, too, to have so many different witnesses from all different walks of life that have seen things there and, you know, they made notation of it, let alone how many people did see something there that never said anything to anybody about it. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. one interesting thing about hauntings and sightings, et cetera. You know, you only get the percentage of the story from those that are willing to share it. How many people see something but don't tell anybody about it because they don't want to be, you know, criticized for being a nutcase or whatever. So, you know, there might be a lot more to the story than what we're really being made aware of. Exactly. Well, like even too, you know, like I've had some family go out to uh, Bachelor's Grove. I'm going to use that place again. And Mm -hmm. like my, my cousin said that when he was walking with, my grandparents that they had heard bagpipes back through there and the closer and closer they got to the cemetery, the further and further it would go away, you know, and mm-hmm. like how you brought up the orbs, you know, it's, I still think it's beautiful that bachelor's Grove has the red and blue orb. If any of y'all listeners out there want to check up on that, um, they have the Chicago haunt books and I recommend mm-hmm. you guys, get those because the Chicago haunt book, they, they go into extreme detail about bachelor's Grove there, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that place has been around since, God, I want to say mid to late 1800s, if I remember correctly. Oh, it was easily. Originally, yes. Yeah. It was originally mm-hmm. a German settling uh, township. And right. like I said, it's, there's, there's a lot of cool, things that happen there and then like i mentioned monk's castle so it's freaky because there's there's this one spot like it could be like 90 degrees out but you get to this one spot there and you just it, it transitions to cold and a flick of a wrist hmm. and i mean it's it's crazy and did you experience that had, oh yeah yeah i've experienced it i i even hmm. took my buddy over there about four or five years ago, he came back from the military and, you know, he'd always wanted to go and check out some of these haunted areas. I'm like, dude, let's, let's do it. You know, it gives mm-hmm. us a chance to hang out. And I brought him there and we, uh, I showed him the tombstone that had my great grandmother and great grandfather's name and my grandmother's name all on that same mm-hmm. tombstone. It was kind of freaky. And right over in that area is where it's like a 20 to 30 degree difference. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty extreme. That's very extreme. It is. It is. You like know, I five said, to it's... 10 degrees is pushing it. You know, three degrees, and that's pretty normal. Um, 10 degrees, even 20 degrees, That there's something uh, built in air conditioner going on there that you can't see it. That's apparently. That's what I'm saying, hmm. man. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. cold. Like, it changes drastically in that in that spot you know i mean it's driving through there at night like it's it's freaky because there's like no lights whatsoever and with that being an old uh indian trail it's, it makes it even creepier because those that stuff's haunted like no tomorrow <laughs> right but um, so is monk is monk's castle actually listed as monk's castle or is that a name that you call it and it's just referred to in the area or is it officially I, called monk's castle to be honest i do not remember but as long as i've known it to be called it's been monk's castle you okay. know it's like i've had some family members called that and it's just it's stuck around you know mm-hmm my mm-hmm. mom would tell me stories when she was a little, like, in her teens, you know, being chased out of there by the monks, you know what I mean? Right. <sighs> well, that so would make was... sense as to what it was. It was, uh, it was a monk monastery, so to speak, and that's where, clearly, they would take residence there. Um, that much I knew about it. I just didn't know if it was actually officially called Monk's Castle or if it's 
has another official name and it was just referred to that through you know the local residents in the area just refer to it as monk's castle oh we'll have to put some notes up on there we we would and i know that if you take archer avenue going like towards willow springs and all that you run into like Mm -hmm. um what is it um bloody mary no not Mm -hmm. bloody mary but Mm-hmm. What is the resurrection Mary? Mary? The resurrection Mary. It's the there Resurrection Mary is off Archer Avenue, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you take that. Which all is world so famous. Like, yeah. Yeah, you get the twofer right there. Mm-hmm. Resurrection Mary, take her out right. to dance. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thank you. She can uh, she can stay there. And uh, although some of those stories, you know, again, you were talking about the fear of having something in your back seat. Uh, I have read yeah. stories out of the Resurrection Mary experience where she's actually riding in the back seat with you. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Please exit I, vehicle. I kind of, no. Yes. Mm. You're you're mm-hmm. sitting there looking in the mirror. Be gone, demon. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I will say, you know, just just to throw in a little tidbit of information. When my grandmother had passed away, you know, she had left her car to my oldest brother, and she had a very typical uh, Dodge Valiant. It was such an inconspicuous car. It was just, it was a square, and mm-hmm. it was a neat car. I really liked it. I mean, you know, and it was relatively new. She was grandma. She didn't drive very far in the thing, and she did will that to my oldest brother, and I was driving at the time, and I drove his car and I saw my grandmother in the back seat for just a brief second in the rearview mirror. And it was just a brief glimpse. It was mm-hmm. the strangest thing, but I wasn't freaked out at all because it was my grandmother. I knew it was her. But just to see that, you know, as you glance up at the mirror and you see that image of her and it's gone, it's like, wow, that was. But if you have something that is like a resurrection Mary, <clears throat> no, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's Open the door and tuck and roll. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. no, you know what I don't like, man, is, all right, we've all been there to where we have fooled around with the Ouija board. You know, we've all been there, one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the thing Well, not all of us, but I, I did. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I've, I've messed around with it when I was younger. I was stupid for doing it, but I've messed around with it. But I mean, the thing that was is freaky about it is when you light the candle and you start doing it and all of a sudden the candle gets real tall and real thin, the light on top of it. Now that is freaky, you know, cause it hmm. can be waving around all normal and doing its thing. And then when you start playing, that's when it just <laughs> straight at attention. And next thing you know, it's, it's, uh, well, call me naive and, you know, call me naive. Maybe the rest of our listeners are familiar with your, with what it is that you're referencing with the Ouija board. Um, I never used a candle, nor have I ever heard of anybody using a candle while, you know, other than for ambient light in the room, you know, in order to uh-huh. set the mood properly. Um, and is that what the candle was used for? Was just ambient yeah. light? Just yeah. well, Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, I never used a candle. Of course, this was years ago. We just kind of turned off most of the lights and whatever. The hallway light was enough and did the weed. Of course, we didn't conjure anything because I don't think any one of us took it seriously. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It's what your actual intent is with the Ouija board is making contact. All of us, we you know, we just kind of looked at it as, you know, a shoots and ladders and let, didn't pan out. But there's so many people that I do know that uh, clearly have uh, painstakingly results or painstaking results rather from uh, playing the Ouija board, if you want to call it oh, yeah. playing the Ouija board. Those those things. Did you capture anything? Those things. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, we think that it was uh, at a relative's house. We did it, and the relative's house actually got. They they had a ghost in there, and since then it was like a lot of freaky stuff that went on there. And I mean, mm-hmm. anything from shadow figures to orbs to hearing noises and being touched and pounding on doors. That's mm-hmm. pretty much the gist of it. It's a lot of freaky mm-hmm. things. 
I don't like being mm-hmm. there. <laughs> well, I do like being there, but I mean, it's it's just it's freaky with some of it because, you know, you get the eerie vibe, and of course, like there was one time that I was watching my uh, my cousin, and it was like we're we're young. The rest of my family, they were out at the play, at a play and everything. While I'm sitting on the couch, flipping through channel, you know, drinking a pop and relaxing, having having a good time with my cousin, you know. And right. all of a sudden, I had heard the door open and keys being put on the table. And I'm like, oh, someone's home. And like I had heard, and I'm getting chills just talking about it right now. But it's, it's freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like I had heard footsteps walking into their hallway, you know. So I get up and I'm like, because some time had went by, I'm like, I thought someone came in. While I go and investigate, no one's there. It's like, oh my god! And like I said, I'm getting chills. My hair's standing up right now. But mm-hmm. that that freaked me out like no other. And then I want to say like a few years back, we uh taking like random videos throughout the house and whatnot because it was it was a family party that we had, and all of a sudden an orb flew into my cousin, which was kind of freaky. And this is a different cousin, but it flew into him. Wow. It Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> yeah. And he had said too that a few years back, I wanna say it was like three, four years ago, around that time frame, that one day he was over there and <clears throat> he had said that he was doing something at the sink and he saw a shadow figure move across the backyard. And then he walks into the kitchen, like, where everything's open, and he saw the shadow figure walk past again. And he goes, and he looks, and no one's there. So mm. it's like, there's there's some freaky things that go on there occasionally. That's why I don't like staying overnight. <laughs> but that's all in the same area, isn't it? Up here in northern Illinois? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely northwest suburbs, I can tell you that much. Okay. Okay. Well, an orb ran into him. I'm stunned yeah. by that one. Oh yeah. Do, do you movie remember movie details of it? Was it you know as big orb, little orb? You know, because it was I've, tiny, I've... like a tiny blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, blue orb. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, it's with like... the word interesting, but, but well, uh... this is true, but. But I mean, it's, wow. like I said, it was kind of like a bluish orb, and it, huh. it was real tiny, real, real tiny. And it wasn't dust because, like uh-huh. I said, it came up out of nowhere, and there was no reflection on the camera, nothing. It was actually a cell phone that mm-hmm. we took the video on, and because it was like it was. It was a happy moment, you know, with some things mm-hmm. going on, and people are excited, and, hey, you just see the orb go. It's like, oh, hey. But, wow. I mean, like, the shadow figures and all that, you know, they're my people have, that have gone to the house have said that they've got, like, they've seen the shadow figures, you know, and that they felt the cool spots and heard things and have had like experiences, you know, cause the same cousin that I was watching, you know, one of my other family members were watching him and he was playing and playing with his toys and looked over one of my other family members and turned and said, hi, hi. It was like backing up and my mom or, mm. and the family members were like, Oh, you can stop it now. We've had some good times in that house. Would you consider, like, you know, your mom or your dad being extremely sensitive to activities around them? Or do you just kind of notice it hit hit or miss in the family that some people are more sensitive than others? Do you know if your uh, parents are sensitive to any activities around them? Like, my mom's seen ghosts, you know. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all had experiences, but it's everyone that I've talked to that has had an experience, you know, it's... 
you just see, like, for instance, my ma, when she was younger, when we lived on the south side, we um, she was doing laundry in the basement and had an entity punch her in the back. Oh, you know, And she turned and looked around, and no one was there, and she thought it was my uncle. And they're like, yep, nope, getting the hell out of here. Mm. You know, and, like, when I was younger, too, you know, I want to say I was, like, five. And I was being the uh, disobedient little turd, you know. My uh, my grandmother told me, she's like, yeah, you stay away from those stairs, you know. I'll be right back. I'm going to go in the other room. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, me being the little, you know, turd would run downstairs and be like, hey, I'm being defiant, you know. Well, this one time, it uh, kind of bit me in the butt <clears throat> because I was... I was going down the stairs and I turned and looked and I saw an old lady walking across the basement floor and the old lady had turned and looked at me and started walking Mm. towards me Mm. and I screamed like bloody murder. My grandma comes around and she's like, what happened? I'm like, I saw an old lady downstairs, you know, and like she was asking me and had me describe it to her and I forget exactly what I described to her, but apparently mm-hmm. she and my mother and a few other family members had seen that same entity, you know, throughout the house. And yeah, it was like, they said that they'd seen her like down the hall and everything. And like my grandparents door frame and, you know, just seen her in the basement like I did or just throughout the house in general. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. I'm that that one chills me right there because you painted that picture so well of explaining having her stop and then look at you. Yikes. Yeah, it walked right towards me. Scared the crap out of me. Yeah, no, that's uh, disturbing. That really is. And it but, it still freaks me out to this day that that happened. You know, I'm I sure mean, it would. Like, I'm sure it would. I've seen other things of that nature, you know, like, for instance, at my parents' place, you know, when I was still living there, we, uh, I used to keep, like, Mardi Gras beads on the door, you know, Mm -hmm. and what would happen is, is, like, I would sleep with the fan on, but it was, like, the air wouldn't produce enough kickback to move the Mardi Gras beads on the door, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would like hear like the beads bouncing off the door and like, I could clearly hear it. Now to mind you, it's a pitch black room, you know? And it's freaky because like I said, you just hear them bounce off the door and bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And it's like, all right. What is that? Grab cell phone, mm-hmm. turn on the flashlight that's on there. Not moving. Like, still. And it's like, oh, okay. So, go and roll back over. A few minutes later, the same exact thing. And the bouncing of the beads off the door. And it's like, are you serious? Turn and look. Not moving. So that's like mm-hmm. our worst teddy bear. I'm going to curl up with that teddy bear and mm-hmm. throw the blankets over the head and be like, all right, mm-hmm. you can try and go to sleep now. Well, we all know that the blankets are the, you know, the world famous barrier against anything paranormal. You just throw the blankets over your head and you're completely safe. There's no way any well, monster can get you. We all know that. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly, until mm-hmm. you see, like, the exorcism mm-hmm. or something and the blankets, like, come flying off you and you see that vicious creature. Well, that's there. why the blankets came flying <laughs> off is because it could, it can't get to you if you're protected by the blankets. So no, you just make sure you tuck in really good. Effect, man. No, no. <laughs> just grab I the teddy you. bear. They've been protecting you. us since 1930s. <laughs> that's true that's true thank you teddy roosevelt nah, for bringing us the teddy bear that's very exactly true. exactly thank you oh, so man. much for stopping by and sharing some of this uh 
strange entities. And of course, if anybody, any of our listeners want to reach out to me and contact me, uh, willing to support an investigation at Eric's work, maybe we can set a camera up or an EVP if you have the equipment. Uh, and maybe we can go from there if that's all good with, you know, the management of where you work, Eric. But uh, maybe we can do a little bit of an investigation and see if there is any kind of uh, uh, physical evidence that we can at least look at and, and you know, present it that way without, you know, divulging too much information of the location because we wouldn't, you know, like to keep the anonymity so that people don't show up there in groves wanting to see something. Uh, but exactly. as, as far as research goes, it would be interesting just to see if there was any kind of activity, but thank you, Eric. I really do appreciate you stopping by and, and sharing all these interesting stories with us. It's greatly appreciated. Just stare, let you move on death. It lay there cold underneath your last breath. Hold your tongue, still I've gone. The beast that follows is close, but we'll move on. Oh.